0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, this is Open for Business here on BFM 89.9 and I'm Lily Chai buying secondhand clothes or what we call it as thrifting has existed for a long time and i believe if we were to go back 10 years back in time many people would see thrifting to be unsanitary or unhygienic to purchase clothes from thrift stores but as more people see the problems of many fast fashion brands how unsustainable the items are unethical ways of material sourcing the idea of thrifting is no longer a reluctance so haley Ch- and Chu Kai started Dalek's Retail back in 2020, and Hailey was only 17 at that time. And how about Sikai? He was only 16. 16. They are both here to talk about their concept store located in Taman Paramount, which curates thrift clothing as they want to push for sustainable fashion. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank Hello, you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you guys started your business at a fairly young age. Yeah. I remember I was like 16 or 17. I had so many business ideas popping up in my head, right? Uh, opening clothing stores as every, you know, every girl's dream. Yeah. Uh, cafes, bakery, all that. But I know that I I was incapable, right? And there is the fear. Where do you, I don't have that amount of money. Mm-hmm. But what allowed both of you to just you know press start and went ahead with the business?
1: Yeah, so um, when we first started, we were pretty naive. Uh, it was me at first. I used to work for my mom at Awesome Canteen, which is like a cafe on the same street. And the thrift business, like the thrift trend started coming onto TikTok, the MCO. Everyone was like, oh, thrift is such a big thing now. Everyone should go thrifting. And all the vintage clothes, like all the trends came back. So um, one of the fashion stores on the streets closed down and they moved online completely. So I was like why don't you open a thrift store, mom? It would be such a big thing and since our neighborhood only has restaurants, if you bring like a different activity in the the neighborhood, people might come here more often and people will linger around more often. So uh, I told her, I pitched the idea to her, but she didn't want to do it. She said, why don't you do it? And I was like, I'm 16. What, what, what do you expect from me? The only experience I have working is like working with her as like a pseudo-manager at her mm-hmm. restaurant. So um, she told me the idea and I was like, let me do it then. Uh, let me just do it. So um, there was no business plan. There was no business model. There was no business knowledge. It was just head on go in and do whatever <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I just I know the basics of you know like the renovations she has the knowledge in that and I just planned it out like plan how the store looked like that was the biggest thing when I first started and after that came buying stock stocking up the store and getting connections like knowing people that were in the thrift industry um uh, Diana Diani helped me a lot a pretty big uh, triff duo in Malaysia, fashion icon. So they helped me when I first started. But that was all I knew at the time when I first started. Mm. And until Sikai came along and helped me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I just want to add, like, because that time we just finished high school, because we went to international school. So, like, we graduated about the age of 16, 17. Mm -hmm. And... During that time, everyone was pretty shocked. You know, your friend, seven, 16, 17 years old, starting a store. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they might think that this thing is run by their parents and they're just there for the fun. But that wasn't the case. So Hailey was managing the, everything with the store, the launching, inviting people into the store. And I sort mm-hmm. of came into that picture one month after she started opening. Because I didn't know that she was opening a store until they had the soft launch. Yeah. So I was there and I was like, Hailey, how is this possible? You are 70, you're opening a store, you're running a store, you're running a whole actual business. Yeah, it's
1: not even it's not even like an online store. It's like an actual yes, physical yes. store
2: first. And because uh, I myself is very passionate in business, and you know I want to do something that gives me the opportunity. So I saw this as an opportunity to work with Haley, cause Haley is very good in the marketing sense, the getting the stock and uh managing the team, but she doesn't have any experience in managing the finances of the business, mm-hmm. the accounting because Delix is uh senior Bahad, which means mm-hmm. we are incorporated with the state, so there are certain laws that you have to follow in order to run the business mm-hmm. so I myself wasn't aware but I, I do study accounting and these things in uh, high school I'm thinking why don't I use whatever I learned in high school and then apply it in the business at the same time learn at the same time yeah so I approached yeah. her I was like you know what this is the value I bring to the business and why not we start running yeah, the business no, he from the- came
1: into the store one day with a laptop in his hand while I was on shift and he was like he showed me a google sheet <laughs> and I did not understand a single thing that was on that google sheet but he was like this is what I'm going to bring to you. Then I was like, I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you. So he kept pressing on for the next like mm. week. Then I just like, okay,
0: give in. I'm going to give you a salary and then you're going to work for me. Great. Right, so yeah. are you the partner that, do you own any percentage of the uh, company? No. no? Now okay. we're a sole proprietorship
1: under my name. Right. So he bears no risk. <laughs> so I bear all the risk, but I consider him as my partner because of how much she brings into mm. the
0: business, yeah? yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I believe it was pretty difficult, I guess, and the starting point, right? Yes. It's starting right from scratch on your yeah. own, building connections, meeting people. How is that like for you, Haley? For me, um, I was very um, fortunate to have my mom
1: because she has been in the F and B. Uh, my mom is Diane Ong, by the way. I don't know if you know her. She's the owner of Awesome Canteen, Chipta, Ilaika, all the, most of the places in Taman Paramount. So she she already knows what the deal is in the area, like how to open a business. So when I started the business and I had her, she was like basically my mentor. Mm. You know, she kind of guide me through. But yeah, from her, I built connections. Mm. I did not like go out by myself to you know talk to random people and do this all that yeah I kind of just uh, relied on whoever was in the neighborhood at the time like the the stuff in awesome canteen Mm -hmm. Rifki you know my best friends Jill and John like I relied on the people I already had around me
0: Mm -hmm. okay right let's talk about your business operations then you sell secondhand clothes So, we don't go down the conventional route of finding manufacturers to like make clothes, Mm -hmm. right? But you need clothes from some people who have already uh, used or wore Mm -hmm. their clothes. So, where do you get these clothes from? Are they from people you know or are they your existing customers? So, it's a very controversial
1: topic in (laughs) our business. So, uh, we actually source most of our clothes internationally. Yeah, we have suppliers that we've been in contact with. So they get the bulk from overseas, places like Thailand, Indonesia, Japan, USA. So they will ship it over to us. But we also do a lot of curated thrifting online. Like we use international uh, websites like eBay, buy from Japan, eBay from uh italy usa all those so we go on those websites we search for the item and then we handpick uh, like we handpick them one by one from like the thousands of searches that show up so we put a lot of time into the pieces we find we do that but we also do local thrifting you know in local warehouses secondhand warehouses that you come across in pj Selangor. we also do that yeah mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so in the meantime, we also do consignment with our store. So mm-hmm. we have uh, a lot of other brands that are working with us. We have jewelries, we have clothing vendors, mm-hmm. and we're very glad that we have these uh, consignors working with us because it just adds more diversity into right. the business. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I guess this is why your pricing is slightly, I wouldn't say slightly, it's on the higher, higher end of the spectrum, right? Uh, so people who thrift primarily want to achieve two things, which is, achieving sustainability and then they want good clothes but at a cheaper price right mm-hmm. and these kind of clothing in the market are usually range about you know 10 to 60 ringgit but your pricing is 55 ringgit and above yeah it can go up to like 100 200. plus 200 yep. right how do you justify the price point and this is very i think very counterintuitive for people who want mm-hmm. you know who want to thrift
1: yeah um, our price point has always been the biggest problem with our business. It has been uh, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about our price, our prices at Delix. It's very controversial. It's the biggest thing about us. Like I said before, because we order internationally, there are a lot of shipping, uh, very high shipping. Our shipping for one order can go from 300 and above per order. There is custom tags on top of that shipping, which can also be Three hundred and above. So everything, all in all together, shipping goes like six hundred and above per orders, which is a lot, a lot. We don't really, uh, there is no way to tackle this. This is just how the shipping the laws cost work. Of the yeah, in this general. is just the cost of the business. So on top of that, uh, we actually handpick our items. I know a lot of curated thrift stores that just bulk buy their items like you know 50 to 100 even though those items are international they bulk buy it so it's like 50 to 100 sweaters cargo skirts cargo pants and they do not handpick them they are just whatever is given in the box itself and they can sell it all and it's way less time consuming to do that in comparison to us where we handpick based off brand quality and just overall design of the piece yeah, we really care a lot about like mm. uh, our customer and customer satisfaction. So we want the best pieces for our customers mm. and we will always look out, we try to look for those pieces that are rare in Malaysia. Like you don't, you wouldn't see like diesel or gas like vintage, true vintage in Malaysia. Mm. So we try to look for those rare brands. Mm. Yeah, and Great. on top of that, the cost of doing online and physical is extremely high, like, Sika, you can talk yeah. about this. I just want
2: to add to say that people think like thrifting as a whole is like just one segment, but the thing that Delix does differently from other brands is that our items are, I would say, rather unique. If you have the chance, drop by Delix, look at our items and see that it's very different from other thrift stores you get. Because we are handpicked, the quality is going to be better. The design is going to be more trendy, meaning that they are more limited in supply. So because they are so limited, we can't it's not reasonable for the business to charge such a low price because thrifting is such a thing where there's only one piece in the market. Mm-hmm. If you buy that, it's gone. Chances are, if you're lucky, you can find it again. So because the, these items are such in such low supply and there's quite high demand, mm-hmm. we have to make sure that we price it at adjustable price so that it fulfills what the market wants.
0: Okay, yeah. right. It's time for us to take a short break for some messages, but don't go anywhere. I'm here with Hailey Chang and Chiu Kai from Dalits here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Big Front Man. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Lily Chai. I'm here in the studio with Hailey Chang and Si Kai from Daleks. They are a thrift store started back in 2022 and they are located in Taman Paramount, which curates thrift clothing. Now, before the break, we're talking about the genesis and the operations briefly about uh, their business. I want to touch on, you know, you said that you bring in the clothes internationally, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of problems with that as well, I believe. The Mm -hmm. uh, carbon footprints that we uh, a lot of people are talking about, about fast fashion, right? It's about how unsustainable logistics are. What are you guys trying to achieve then using uh, in your thrift store? What are you trying to achieve? Because some parts of it it's like you're stepping on the grey areas, right? And it's still very, it's very cost intensive to your business. So why are you looking to uh, source your clothing in the country then instead of sourcing elsewhere in other countries? Um, So when we first started, all we
1: did was thrift from Malaysia because this is the easiest from, uh, for us, and I did not have any business knowledge when it comes to thrifting, uh, international thrifting, other than Depop, which is a f- extremely overpriced uh, website. This was all we had. Like, the, the second-hand warehouses was all we had here. But the problem came when we started quality checking the pieces in the warehouses here. So in Malaysia, if you thrift often, if you go to, like, JBR or, like, JJJ, you find like the quality of the pieces are bad in comparison to like what you can find elsewhere or it's very hard, like it's like a Cinderella situation, you know, when you find a piece that you like in your size, in your design. And even if you do find it might not be the correct quality, there'll always be stains or holes or something that is wrong with the piece. So I moved online because I was introduced by one of our marketing people back then. They introduced us to looking at websites Mm. instead, like international websites. So I started sourcing on them and I realized that you can find pieces of better quality through the website and you can find pieces of... Actual brand like authentic vintage brands.
2: Yeah, I'll just add like you mentioned about the carbon footprint from international shipping, right? Because mm. I believe that what Delix does differently is that we supply in limited quantity. Mm. What does mean? What that means is that instead of buying 1000 and in a few thousand pieces that you know you get a lower cost per unit we don't do that because that obviously uh, the cost of the shipping and the cost of carbon footprint is a lot so what instead is that we handpick selected items we only pick items that we believe that are that what our customer wants mm-hmm. and what we believe that, that, that can be sold so that these items are not left behind you No, know, we are moving these items quickly mm. and that we don't stock up on a lot of items mm-hmm. that we that are going to waste. So
0: this is uh for now it's still going to be your business model. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned that running online and r- running offline uh, it's physical the physical store is very cost intensive. Mm-hmm. So I guess let's talk about prior to the opening, right? A lot of capital must have been in place, you know, for the rent, renovation, yeah. decoration. Like, where do you get your fundings from?
1: So when I first started, like I said, my mom was the one that pitched the idea to me. So all the investments came from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she could have bought me a car, but <laughs> right. she bought me a store. Mm. So yeah, uh, she's basically our angel investor. Mm. So Okay,
0: yeah, right. Are you both also managing your online store as well?
2: Yes, 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 that's
0: right. Okay, so how much is placed into maintaining the store every month both uh, physical and online?
2: Okay, so I would say that uh definitely e-commerce site online, the aspect of the business, is less cost-intensive in- compared to the physical store. Why? Because of the maintenance of the website. Mm. Once the website is up and running, you can, for example, we use Shopify, all you do is pay a monthly subscription and you, you manage the website yourself. And, you know, there's no labor that, that's involved in uh, the e-commerce site or the, the website is running by itself, it's running 24 hours, whereas in the store, you pay your workers by hours. Mm. And... This is why we say that the e-commerce side is much more profitable because of the cost structure, whereas the store is less profitable. However, customer wants the experience. They want to go to the store, they want to experience the brand, they want to experience the shopping, which is both very important as well.
0: Mm -hmm. So which channel would you say um, get the most traffic? And besides sales, sales is still online, right. right?
2: Traffic, okay, so the, uh, if we speak, let's speak in international traffic and uh, domestic traffic. So definitely the store has more domestic traffic mm-hmm. because we have more items in the store. So okay. it attracts more people to come to the store. However, for the past five months, we are slowly attracting people outside of the country because we have been so focused on our online platform. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we market on TikTok and Instagram and these, we are able to build our audience to, you know, we have Singapore, Thailand, and sometimes even USA, the USA,
1: Australia. Yeah, because... Uh, A few months ago, we made a TikTok that actually went internationally viral. It has over almost 300k views and around 50k likes, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't checked. But from there, we got a lot, a lot of international customers coming to our website. After that TikTok blew up, we had people from USA, Egypt... Germany, all these places like coming to our Instagram DMs Mm -hmm. and asking us whether we do international shipping. So from Mm -hmm. there, we started gaining an international following and Mm -hmm. we've been capitalizing on that ever since. uh. Yeah, -hmm. I just
2: want to add like the online space is very good because once you build an international audience, the e-commerce is the platform where you cover the sale. Mm -hmm. The store is very good in building, but you are limited to the area that Mm -hmm. you are at.
0: Yeah, right. And I believe you started your website first not the physical
2: store. First. <laughs> no. no, we started <laughs> the a very yeah, funny that, story that's well. why
0: that's why
1: it's very shocking is because we had we didn't even have an Instagram or any sort of social media before we started the physical store. So there was no uh, branding, there was no customer loyalty. It was just a store just appeared
0: out of nowhere in Taman Paramount and
2: <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Yeah,
0: and I believe your website is the one that leveraged your business to where it is today. I, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would think so. Because
1: after we started, we had a few jolly months of operating and then we went into MCO. Yes. So we could not operate our business and our overheads were insane. So that's mm-hmm. where the part of being young and starting a business became a problem mm. because I did not learn how to do e-commerce before. And not only that, we were also having our A-levels. There was a yeah. lot of things going on. And yeah. we were like, we had less than a thousand sales per month. Is it during MCO? <laughs> yes,
2: yes. I just wanted, yeah. So basically, Delix started operating in uh, December of 2020. So lockdown was horrendous for all businesses and it's even worse for us because we have no experience, we're just in the market, no one knows about us, and you have you have to cover the rental every single month. So that although that is a very horrific moment, but that made the change so we we knew that okay in order for us to move forward we have to go into online space how are we gonna market how are we gonna market our items through uh, e-commerce how are mm. we gonna grow that way and thankfully that really allowed us to start learning more about doing online how do you get more engagement in your website and yeah we, we just... started doing a lot
0: of research <laughs> we even hired a marketing person okay it's time for some messages but we'll be right back with Hailey Chang and Chiu Zikai from Delix here in BFM 89.9 The business station. I have a dream. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9 Welcome back, you're listening to Open for Business here on BFM 89.9. I'm Lily Chai. I'm here in the studio with Hailey Chang and Chu Si Kai from Daleks. They are a thrift store started back in 2020 in Kamen Paramount, which curates thrift clothing. Okay, how much is the profit margin per item?
2: Oh, profit margin per item. This is, uh, I would say it's very subjective.
0: Yeah, we price it based off
1: the rarity of the piece itself, okay. the yes. brand, yes. the quality and demand in general because the pieces that we source locally, we have a lower profit margin for that and less factors are taken into account because we don't want to mark up the price so high. But when it comes to internationally sourced pieces, we usually find the ones that are branded so that the price can be justified. Mm. So yeah, it's really based on brand quality and demand. And I just want
2: to say like ever since from day one, like, what we do very different for other businesses is that I would say we are not profit-oriented. But people are saying like, whoa, you know, businesses, all they care about is profit. All they want to make is profit. And that's what business school teaches you everyone goes to uni, right? But for us, if let's say we are able to sell... uh, a certain collection for about the price of 200 to 300, we are investing very heavily into marketing. How do we market them better? How do we invest in our branding? So all these are costs that just reduce your profit level. Mm -hmm. But for us, we think it's fine because we enjoy investing back the profits into the business. You know, Mm -hmm. what we are aiming for is we we want to maximize our customer loyalty and our customer experience. So Mm -hmm. we are always reinvesting the money. You can see that we're improving on our content creation, Mm -hmm. the quality of our items. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. So speaking of profit, are you profitable
2: yet? Yes, I uh, will say uh, through the lockdown, we were not profitable as for most business. But I would say 2022 is like the turning point mm-hmm. that we start, we are able to be more profitable, build a bigger team, hire more staffs as well.
0: Right. So uh, I know that Hailey told me about this before to show that you guys are building your own brand. Mm-hmm, yeah. What is the overarching goal that you guys want to achieve? Is it sustainability? Is it, you say it's not about profit, then what it is about really?
2: The idea of the brand started as a thrift store is that it is, very, it is very difficult to get multiple quantity or increase in supply of the same item because you might have one piece that is very unique that a lot of people want. But somehow as a business owner, all you can do is just thrift that one item. Yeah. This means that the lim- there's limited supply while there's a lot of demand. So we think, why not? We figure a way to manufacture sustainably, market it sustainably, and be as transparent to our customers and produce these items ourselves. So what we are doing is that we are ideally understanding what our customer wants from the trip side and manufacturing it ourselves while also doing it sustainably as a whole. Mm.
0: And then yes. um, what are your plans to achieve that?
1: So we we' are working with a local manufacturer right now. So that's number one. Uh, we're able to oversee the production side of things and we have talked to the manufacturer about our values as, uh, a brand, Deluxe, uh sustainable uh, sustainable and ethical producing. So we talked to them about paying their staff minimum wage, uh, working conditions for their staffs, And we've also talked to them about carbon emissions from the factories. And we are also looking into f- uh, fabrics, like using upcycled fabrics, using secondhand fabrics, not using brand new made fabrics and all of that so we are still very new when it comes to um, the brand yeah, side of yeah. things so we're just looking to decreasing our carbon footprint and making our business as mm. sustainable mm. as possible yeah. and yeah. environmentally as, friendly as a
2: youth oriented business what we want to do differently for other business we want to showcase our audience because I would say our, our market is about everyone between the age of 15 to about 23 very mm. young audience we want to be as transparent with them as, well as possible so what we plan on doing is that document The whole process. Mm -hmm. How do we turn a piece of fabric to the clothes that you're wearing today? Mm -hmm. So we want to bring that to the market, and hopefully that people can see what the amount of work we put through and what you're really wearing, and that you can see that whether you yourself, why should I purchase this product? Mm -hmm. What is it bringing to my value? Yeah,
1: and it's not only that. We are also not mass producing. Mm -hmm. We've just come up with our first clothing line. We are it's under manufacturing right now, and uh. One design is only hundred pieces, yep. so it's not like we're producing over producing and creating waste. We're actually uh, limiting our our products and making our pieces limited, so that the demand will meet exactly the supply, so that we don't overproduce
0: and create waste. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So, I guess what are the biggest challenges uh, that you have faced running a thrift store?
2: I would say the biggest <laughs> challenge at the moment we have experienced is the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Somehow I don't know why Haley managed to convince me that you know what let's just stretch yeah. for another few more months let's see how things go and
1: yeah we were in the middle of our like final first year final exams and he was telling me every way just close down the business. Yes, <laughs> just
2: yes, just yes. move
1: completely online. Yes. You have there's no reason to pay rent when you know online is way more profitable. And I was like, my mom spent so much money <laughs> investing into this company and I'm about to close it down like this, no way. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Like she always told me like young people they cannot commit. They don't mm. want to commit. So I was like, okay, I will commit for
0: you. Like, I will do this for you. Like, and I yeah. guess there are a lot of skepticism uh, that you might have received mm-hmm. because of your age. They, they perceive you as, you know, you're young. You don't know an, anything about mm. business, right? Have you experienced any kind of, you know, this kind of stigmatized comments and skepticism when you talk to people?
2: When... Yes, I feel like, uh, look this because uh, this is how I think society runs by itself. If you're, let's say, we're on business and we're working with another another brand and they know that it's being run by teenagers, what they're going to think is that, can I trust them? What are they going to bring? So what we initially, obviously we don't disclose our age, (laughs) but what we do is that we focus on what value are we going to bring to them? Because... Once they see that the value and once they see that what you bring to the table, they will see that, oh, okay, yeah, th- uh, uh, there's it's a not reason. About age, yeah, yeah. there's a reason I work with them. And we're all and we all have the same angle, which is to benefit both parties. Right. So and then they know that oh you're this you're this young, but then we have to obviously let them know what is our plan, what we're we gonna do, if this thing happens, what is our alternative solution so that we have to make sure that everything is very precise so that the, the age is not even in the equation when we're talking about yeah. talking about something. Yeah, we
1: have had criticism towards mm-hmm. our age before with people we've worked with before. They said they could do the business better because they're older and we're too young so we don't know anything. But we've already paid the cost of being young, <laughs> yes. especially during MCO. Like we had
0: to learn from our mistakes. Right. Um. How about, you know, what if, you know, young people, yeah, your peers or people mm. who are younger than you, do you have any advice that you want to give them for starting a business, right? Yeah. Because I guess it's out of fear and then where do they get their funding from? I guess not everyone has that kind of support.
2: Mm. Yeah, and I just like, one of the messages that me and Haley and the whole Dadis brand want to spread to the youth community is that, is that don't let your age justify what you're going to do, especially when you're making a decision. Because it is possible to run a business at a young age, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to put in the (laughs) work. Because because of the fact that we don't have the experience, we have to pay the price for that. That means that we have to go through all the setbacks and we have to learn through experiences. I Uh, mean,
1: when we first started, we were very fortunate to have come from a very good uh, educational background. We have very supportive families and so uh, it's a bit distasteful to say like oh just go start your business like just go take the risk but big or small you should just do whatever you want to do when you're young especially when you're young you you have space to make mistakes now and you you have space to
0: grow and learn so Mm -hmm. all right so besides your own uh, clothing line Mm -hmm. are there any plans for Daleks
2: Yes, so this I think it's just a little bit of a teaser is that we potentially we could be launching a sunglasses line with a partner, yeah, it is yeah. something that we wanna we wanna launch to our audience and hopefully we can make it happen. so stay okay. tuned for that
1: yeah, and I didn't touch on it just now, but I'll say, like, there are a lot of brands in the US and Australia that you can just tell they are so far ahead when it comes to, like, fashion. And I believe that Daleks, like, our main plan is to be one of those. But in Malaysia, like, people always say, say like, especially people our age will always be like, you have there is no future in Malaysia. (laughs) You know, there is no future for business, for anything in Malaysia. And everything here is so old and traditional but we want to bring like a new Mm. thing into Malaysia and show people that you can shop local and you can stay here and you can grow, you can grow your business and,
2: we can change because yeah. if
1: no one stays and no one changes yes. Malaysia then yeah. you know it's always going to be like this yeah. and that is yeah.
2: not just a brand where we just run a business traditionally and we keep the cycle going but yeah. what we ultimately want to do is we want to inspire people we want to constantly build our team yeah. you know hire more staff bring them along the journey of launching our mm-hmm. clothing brand yeah. and that is definitely one of the ultimate goal we have for yeah. 2023
0: alright thank you so much for spending time with me Haley and Sika. <laughs> thank, thank you, you. Right. thank you thank uh, I've been speaking to Haley Chung and Chiu Sikai from Delix. If you want to know more about them, you can, of course, go on to their website at www.delixretail.com. No That's D-E-L-I-C-S. Yes. All yeah. right. Uh, if you miss any part of this show, you can, of course, go ahead and download the full podcast on our website at bfm.my or the BFM app that is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. I'm Lily Chai, and this has been open for business here in BFM 89.9.